Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Over the weekend, the life of former U.S. Congressman John Conyers came to an end after 90 years. Now, if you're from here in Detroit like I am, there are a few names that stand apart from others when it comes to the fight for equality and civil rights. Conyers, who helped ease passage of the Voting Rights Act, was a founder of the Congressional Black Caucus and was instrumental in establishing the Martin Luther King federal holiday, was unquestionably one of them. This is somebody who was an inspiration for several generations of Detroiters and for people all over the nation. His storied career came to a swift end nearly two years ago, though, following allegations that he had improperly used the power of his office to suppress a sexual misconduct claim that had been filed against him in Congress. But his legacy leaves us so much more than the way the end of his tenure in Congress played out. And it's an important reminder that those who serve are not fictionalized characters from a story. They're real people, and they're complex and they're complicated. Far too often, we seem to insist that people be either perfect or vilified without acknowledging how simple and false those lenses are for people's lives, especially lives as long and significant as John Conyers. We want to spend the hour today talking about that life and that legacy, all of it. We're going to take your calls throughout the hour on how you remember John Conyers and any stories or memories you have about him that you want to share. First up, we want to dig into his long life and career with two people who know quite a bit about Detroit's history and how Conyers fits into it. Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence and author and journalist Ken Coleman, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yes. Good morning. Yes. Uh, Congresswoman, I want to start with you because uh, you served with Congressman Congress Conyers uh, in uh, the the in Washington for for several years. Uh, talk about just your reactions to the idea that uh, we've lost him. You know, um, we often during this time of reflecting on memories of great leaders of their accomplishments. And few people understand important as laws and bills are having a voice and creating a sense of awareness on issues is just as critical of our political leaders. And so John Conyers, as we know, the Martin Luther King birthday, the civil rights movement, um, being a spokesperson and representing Detroit for over 50 years. Those are all great things. But when I went to Congress, one of the... Hello? Yeah, we're still here. Go ahead. Yeah, one of the great things when I went to Congress was that my entire life of knowing politics, John Conyers was a consistent. I was a little girl that grew up in Detroit, and the whole time that I was aware of politics, John Conyers was there serving. And um, I can tell you, when I had opportunity to sit on the floor with a legend like John Conyers, it was exhilarating, you know? And there were times when I would go and sit on the floor just to talk to him and hear his wisdom. And toward the end, he just kept telling me, 
I still love this. I is no better place to be. Can you believe that we are in Congress and we have such a opportunity? And it was fascinating. Someone who has served for fifty years mm-hmm. to say they still love coming to work every day and doing the work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ken Coleman, uh, you're somebody who thinks and writes a lot about our history here in Detroit. Uh, Talk about how John Conyers fits into that history, not just as Congresswoman Lawrence points out, as a member of Congress, but as uh, a figure and an activist for equality and civil rights and social justice. I mean, as she says, his legacy goes so far beyond what bills he might have sponsored or voted on. Right, right. In a day and time when we um, when we analyze and rank people on the number of bills that they had passed or, uh, you know, the, the number of headlines that they uh, garnered around in an, a significant uh, piece of policy, it's important to note that John Conyers um, was very consistent. And I, and I go beyond calling him, uh, obviously, a, a, a member of, of Congress and a civil rights leader. I think he was a human rights leader, human rights leader. Um, a, lo- a lot of uh, people uh, talked about this over the last uh, day or so. Uh, he was really, um, Congresswoman Lawrence, he was really sort of a national a member of the House of Representatives, right? Um, going often to uh, parts of the country uh, um, representing the oppressed uh, people who did not vote for Congressman Conyers, people who um, he wasn't their uh, House member. Uh, and sometimes he was criticized for that in the press for missing votes in Washington. But he would say, I needed to go to Florida uh, to fight for this issue or to go out west and, and represent uh, a group of people who were oppressed at a time when there were only a handful of uh, African-Americans serving uh, in Congress in the U.S. House of Representatives, uh, he and people like Charlie Dix Jr. were really national members uh, of, of the House of Representatives. Yeah. Uh, talk about where John Conyers came from here yeah. in the city of Detroit. Yeah, uh, Born in Detroit uh, in 1929. And so if you look at that on the timeline, uh, right on the cusp of, uh, of the Great Depression, uh, his family, the Conyers family, uh, was uh, part of a tight-knit group on uh, the, the section of the city that we call the Old West Side. Uh, families like the Gordys of, of Motown fame, uh, uh, a few years older than him, but certainly in that neighborhood, uh, Judge Damon Keith. Um, Small-knit uh, community of people, often many of them went, uh, went to Northwestern High School or to Cass Technical High School. Uh, Conyers graduates from Northwestern. Um, uh, serves uh, in the Army and earns a law degree from Wayne State University. Here's an interesting story that a lot of people don't know, and maybe three or four generations of people uh, don't know, Stephen. Uh, he almost wasn't elected. Um, his uh, September 1st, 1964 primary uh, against Richard H. Austin was a cliffhanger mm-hmm. um, that in the primary ended in a recall, and Conyers defeats uh, Richard Austin by only 108 votes. Yeah. Uh, so he almost didn't make it there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, Congresswoman Lawrence, last time you and I talked, we talked 
about the movement on the issue of reparations, how this this issue that um, uh, has been around for a really long time and hasn't been able to get much traction all of a sudden seems to have a lot of people's attention. Uh, of course, John Conyers is somebody who played not just a central role in that awareness and in pushing that issue, but the most pivotal in, in Congress. So it was really powerful on his 90th birthday. You know, they had a celebration, and I was sitting there talking to him. I said, I said, Congressman, isn't it ironic after all these years? I said, something that you have kept every Congress as a legislative issue, reparations, and now. Yep, Congressman, I know. Smiled, yeah, go ahead. And his response was. Okay, I think now. Yeah, I think uh, we're having hard, a hard time with your reception, Congresswoman. I know you're in the car. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep trying to uh, improve that line. Uh, but Ken Coleman, uh, talk also about this this reparations issue and yeah. how different it is today yeah. to bring that up to say that word and the, <laughs> the the kinds of responses you get and just. Five or ten years ago. Well, how, it, how I think I think so. It's a it's a great conversation to have, right? So it, it is one of the quintessential um, illustrations of why John Conyers was ahead of the curve, uh, at least in the discussion. Obviously, uh, reparations um, when it comes to African Americans is a controversial issue, uh, depending on, on on the person that you talk to. But Conyers introduced this bill for the first time in 1989, so we're talking 30 years ago. Um, at a time when it wasn't a conversation on Capitol Hill. Uh, it was really only a conversation um, uh, in some circles of the African-American community. Conyers uh, uh, continually, uh, every two years, uh, reintroduced the bill. And, and as, you, as you alluded to, now we're having um, this sort of national conversation, at least to some extent, uh, about the merits um, of of of, um, of 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 reparations, but Conyers was a was a was ahead of the curve, and he was ahead of the curve on a lot of issues. I mean, he uh, he certainly served at a time when Congress was doing a lot of strong work uh, and around the civil rights uh, movement. Uh, the Voting Rights Act is probably one of the first big uh, votes that he cast in 1965. Um, three years later, the the Housing Act. Uh, but Conyers also in 1967, uh, get this, um, introduced uh, a, a piece of legislation um, that would have the uh, federal government um, distribute uh, $30 billion, $30 billion. This is 1967 uh, to, to oppressed uh, and discriminated people. Um, Conyers, again, civil rights leader, human rights leader, uh, and really a, a national figure um, that will go down as one of the most important folks of the last century. Yeah, uh, Congresswoman Lawrence, we have you. We have you back. Yeah. Uh, I want to give you a chance yeah. to finish your thoughts about uh, Conyers and reparations. Uh, you know, to share is that on his 90th birthday, I in my conversation with him, I said, "Isn't it ironic that after all these years, we're finally." talking about reparations. And I said, how do you feel about that? I said, because you've been fighting for this for so long. And he looked at me with a big smile. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're not heard year after, you know, after year after year, you're frustrated 
because he was no longer a member of Congress. And he just looked at me and smiled and said, isn't it great <laughs> they're talking about it now? And he said, it's something we need to do. And it was, it was energizing to me because here's a man for years had introduced and reintroduced the um, bill on reparations and has been, you know, working to create an awareness. And that's what I was talking about originally. Um, there are so many issues that we need to address, but in order to get bills passed and to create action, sometimes it's that relentless commitment to educating and to bringing forth issues. And so um, I'm proud to be on that bill now. And this is something else that we as a member of the Black Caucus, we as members, just grieved and lost Elijah Cumming, a mm -hmm. current day, just giant in voice and doing exactly the things that um, John Kanye showed us how to do. And that is to stand up when others sit down and to speak out when something is wrong and now to lose one of our founders. Can you imagine having the audacity to stand up and say you're going to create a black caucus <laughs> in the U.S. Congress at a time where there were only a few of them sitting there. Now we're at 55 members. Mm -hmm. And so that courage, that, you know, that uh, swagger to stand up and say, we as black people, we're part of America. Laws affect us. We're going to stand up and have a voice. And we're going to talk to you, leadership, and we're going to talk to you, Congress, as a united voice for black people in America. And today, as 55 members, we often respond back or remind our members that the purpose for us, as it was laid out by our founders, you know, the Durango's, the, the, uh, the uh, Stokes, the Conyers, and we have such a legacy to live up to when we were established as a caucus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm talking with Ken Coleman, Detroit-based author and civil rights, voting rights, and education reporter at Michigan Advance, as well as Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence, Democrat who represents Michigan's 14th congressional district. Uh, we're talking about the passing of John Conyers, former congressman uh, from the 13th district here in the state of Michigan. He died over the weekend at age 90 and leaves a legacy that is far greater than what we would be able to cover here in the hour that we have on Detroit today. But we are trying to talk about the things that really matter from that legacy, the things that he did, the things that he said, the things that he stood for that will stand the test of time uh, as we as we now go forward without him. As always, uh, we would love to hear from you. How will you remember John Conyers? Did you ever meet Conyers, or do you have a special memory about him? Uh, do you want to talk about the things that uh, you think, feel like he did that will be remembered now that he's gone? And talk about his legacy. Talk about the things that you think uh, he did that will continue to impact our lives into the future. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 
1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Ken, before we get to, to calls, I'm mm-hmm. going to talk about the MLK Day as a federal sure. holiday, which was another uh, cause that, that Conyers really pushed for, and, and there, of course, he was uh, victorious. Yeah, it, it's really important. You know, Stephen, you and I are about the same age. And, you know, we were in grade school and high school as this issue, uh, the King holiday was 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 simmering uh, on Capitol Hill. And, and, and you could recall uh, it, it, it picked up steam, you know, over a series of years. Uh, Congressman Conyers was John Conyers was one of the, the one of the leading members out on the bill. Uh, it became popular. Uh, recording artist Stevie Wonder really got involved uh, in the 80s. Uh, and, and by golly, by 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 the by uh, 1986, 1987, it become it become a federal holiday. Uh, there were still states, however, um, that uh, refused to. Uh, didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do it. Arizona was one, was one yeah. to be sure. And I remember um, a few years later, as I got older and it had become a reporter, and, and talking to Conyers often um, about like the MLK holiday and some of the other big issues. And, and, to, and to exactly what Congresswoman Lawrence is saying, I think Conyers looked at um, a lot of this, a lot of policy, policy being sort of a movement, right? Um, you have a two-year term, uh, you introduce a bill. I think that Conyers recognized a lot of the legislation that he um, had sponsored um, uh, singularly or, or with others wouldn't necessarily be a bill or policy that would get passed um, in that term, but it was a movement, and you keep building, and that's kind of what Conyers always talked about. Whether it was MLK, whether it was reparations, um, or or other issues, uh, you have to be in for the long haul. And 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 Conyers serving fifty years uh, <laughs> certainly is a testament to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. I want to get to some of these calls here. Alberta in Detroit. Welcome to the show. And I just want to thank and God for giving us a John Conyers. And I have to tell you this quick story. Um, 30 years ago, when we were fighting the alcohol and tobacco billboards, there was one particular billboard on Harding and Jefferson, hmm. and we had a press conference. And who showed up but John Conyers? <laughs> who showed up? I mean, on Jefferson and Harding. And he took that issue, and that's the reason why we don't have any tobacco as anywhere in America today because he showed his face and it went national. We should we, point out. We have to be grateful for him and his <laughs> life and that he no one was too big and no one was too small. Yeah. He loved everyone. Yeah. And God bless Monica and his sons and we're going to hold them up in prayer throughout this. And Detroit loves John. The country loves him. And, and we know that we were blessed that he was ours right here in the city of Detroit. <laughs> we, we, we should point out yes. that this is former Wayne yes. County Commissioner, <laughs> Detroit City Council member, and Michigan House member, yes. Alberta Tinsley Talabi. Yes. <laughs> who, who is an avid listener and, and calls me every couple weeks to ha- say something really important about the conversation that we're having. Alberta, it's always great to hear and, uh, from and you. And also, you. a legend as well. Yeah, no, that's right. Indeed. Uh, thanks very much for the call and the the memories. Let's go to Lola in Dearborn. Lola, welcome to Hi, the show. Hi, how are you? Hey, how are you? Uh, okay, gosh, I met John Congress, uh, gosh, on a flight. Uh, I had a connecting flight. I was coming from England uh, back to Detroit in Dearborn. And so when I met him, uh, I had a great conversation with him. He gave me his card, and he was one of those special people in life that I 
over the years that was in the 70s yeah uh lola i i really appreciate that story because i think there are so many people in this community who just would run across john conyer somewhere and have a moment with him and have sort of an exchange that they would uh, remember because he was that i remember kind of uh, person yeah, yeah go I, mean, ahead, I remember covering a story um or going to a community event at Northwest Activity Center on the city's northwest side, uh, and it was it, it was it was a lot of people at the center. The parking lot was full in the back, and there was parking in front. Um, Conyers was parked uh, at the front in the horseshoe, and I remember a lot of for a lot of years, Conyers would drive himself. Uh, in an era where uh, lawmakers uh, and politicians, act, you know, a lot of them have drivers. John would have a, a Ford or sedan, always a Ford. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm walking. Uh, he sees he, he knows that I was covering it. He, he, he sees me walking around the front toward the back in the parking lot. Uh, and he pulled over and said, you want to ride Coleman? <laughs> and he took me around the corner uh, uh, to, to the parking lot. But that was John Conyers. Yeah. I mean, you would see him in the supermarket. Uh, a lot of times that 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 uh, capper red blazer. <laughs> he was an everyday guy. I mean. Yes. Uh, again, Lola, thanks for the call and the memories. Uh, let's go to Delphine. Now on oh. the floor on the go ahead, floor of Congress, um, Kanye's was known to be quite the dresser, and uh, you know the Black Caucus would say Detroit's in the house because Detroit is known for its style and the men and being colorful, and, and uh, John Conyers represented us well on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, Lola, thanks for the call. Let's go to Delphine and Warren. Delphine, welcome to the show. Hi. Yeah. Um, I've known John Conyers for over 30 years, first uh, through the Interfaith Roundtable. But then again, I'm with the Michigan Alliance to Strengthen Social Security and Medicare. And we're devoted to pushing for single-payer health care. We've heard about other issues, but this is a very significant issue. And um, he was pushing it even before Bernie Sanders. So uh, that it would be a, a real boon to his legacy to have this kind of legislation passed. Wow. Wow. So, Delphine, um, I appreciate the call. Uh, and, and again, the reminder of yet another issue where Conyers' mm-hmm. voice was consistent and persuasive. Uh, Brenda Lawrence, do you want to talk about the, the work that he did on health care there in Washington? The, the perspective and the history that John Conyers brought to our debate on health care. And then this is why representing Detroit is such a gift to Congress, because our diversity, our rich history and legacy in black America, um, so often people want to make black America one economic group, one educational level group. Mm-hmm. Um when you represent the city of Detroit, you are blessed with the knowledge and the exposure to African Americans on all levels. The real disparity that happens in America, we get to see the impact of failed policies. And so John Conyers, 
sitting on the most powerful, one of the most powerful committees in Congress, the judiciary, he would always bring that voice of Detroit, just like the caller was talking about advocating for certain issues. And, you know, he was such a soft-spoken, I was amazed, because to me he was this huge, booming figure to me. And he would interject himself with class as a statesman, and he was heard. And um, I watched him advocate for health care, for how we can shape, just like with the Voting Rights Act. The Voting Rights Act was very complex because we were trying to address so many issues when we wrote the voting rights. So here we are with health care, which is very complex, and there's so many issues and demographics and, and outcomes that we're trying to get with one bill, and he was the perfect person for that. Yeah. Okay, Ken Coleman, Detroit-based author and civil rights, voting rights, and education reporter at Michigan Advance. Thanks very much for being here with us. Thanks for having me. And as always, Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence, it is great to have you with us as well. Thank you so much. All right, up next, I'm going to talk with Nolan Finley on what we're now calling Mannerly Monday as opposed to Opposite Monday. We'll talk about Conyers, but we'll also talk about politics, state, local, and national. Stay with us on Detroit Today.